from I'll Run the Bear Media. This is Dads on Dads on Dads on Education. Welcome to the Dads on Dads on Dads podcast, a show about the lighter side of fatherhood. Each week, us three newish dads talk about a theme and answer listener-submitted questions on that theme. Today's theme is education. Keep in mind that from time to time, us dads might give advice, but let's face it, you really probably shouldn't take it. But we hope you have fun listening anyway, and we hope you enjoy coming along with us on our journeys through fatherhood. Now, guys, before we get to what's new in dadding, I thought we'd spend just a minute talking about some people, events, and podcasts we're really excited about. The first one is the podcast Barbie Kong, done by friend of the show Katie Repman. Barbie Kong is a podcast where host Katie Repman interviews a different female guest every week. Now, Colin's lovely wife, Amy, has been a guest. They talk about everything from parenting to media to the idea of feminism in this current climate. And though this exploration, and through this exploration, many personal stories are revealed and unpacked. Guests vary in age, race, and socioeconomic status, and Barbie Kong is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So guys, get to it. If you start listening to Barbie Kong now, she's got quite an episode list. There's a lot in there, and it's, a, and it's just a really solid podcast. Uh, so once you start listening, there's plenty more to listen to, and so make sure to go tune in. And the second thing we're really excited about is Cage's, Cage Theater Company's 8x8 Festival. Cage Theater Company is a New York City-based theater company that concentrates on modern interpretation of classical texts, and they do great work. Michael Hagen's Cage's artistic director is a good friend of the show. The 8x8 Festival is the brainchild of Mike Hagen's. Now, Mike has been a part of 30 of the 38 plays that form the Shakespeare canon in some capacity, be it actor, director, or fight director. Well, this year, he's decided to finish it off. In Cage Theater Company's 8x8 Festival, he's producing the final eight shows he's never done, one per month, until he finishes off the entire Shakespeare canon right before his 40th birthday. Next up, Coriolanus. On May 4th at 7 p.m., it's at 353 Studios, Studio 3, located on West 48th Street between 7th and 8th. All right, guys, let's get to it. As always, I'm Paul, and here with me is Michael. Hello. And, of course, Colin. Hello, hello. Everyone's favorite Colin, I'm sure. So, guys, before we drop into the questions, gentlemen, what's new in dadding? Oh, my. There's there's a lot new in dadding for me this week, I should say. Um, so it's almost like what isn't new in dadding? Oh, almost, you, almost, basically. I mean, um, so so we've gotten our first syllables. Oh, fun. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've nice. gotten I'm da, envious. Yeah, we've gotten da, da, da. Oh. And ba, ba, ba. So... Duh and ba. So um, it could be a prelude to dada, dada. Um, but uh, isn't there yet? Just uh, just syllables and not, not obviously connected to anything. Yeah, just no like, intention yet. Yeah. Right. It's like, this is a sound. Yeah, yeah. And my There's parents no intention get, behind yeah. those sounds? No. I mean, that's the first thing you have to do. I mean, the up. intention is, my parents like it when I do this. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Right, right, right. So... 
Right. Is, is there any chance it's, it's some form of ancient Aramaic and he's actually attempting to speak in tongues? I mean, conceivably, <laughs> but... No, um, so, I mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You never know. Maybe, but no. He, okay. All right. Yeah. Fine. Just, I, look, I'm just checking. That is one thing that I think about from time to time. I yeah. saw it, Colin. I saw one of your tweets. Oh, yeah. Hereditary. I was about to say. Oh, my goodness. Uh. I read the plot summary and I said to myself, I am never seeing this movie. That is, uh, it would have disturbed me uh, before. Before I was a dad, but having a family, good <laughs> lord, it's a very good movie. It's a lot. I've it heard. is not for everyone, right, uh, right? Right. You have to love movies to put yourself through that, and I do, and I did, and uh, I don't regret it. But good lord, it's a lot. Yeah. So let me be the audience proxy here for a second, as someone who does not know this, and also has a, a should very, we spoil the whole thing? Very oh, yeah. on off. <laughs> relationship with Twitter <laughs> like what what are we talking let me about give, I'll give no you a beat sheet no I, sure. won't, I won't spoil anything <laughs> I hate spoilers and it, the movie hasn't been out that long it came out last year Tony Collette uh, is the mom of this family Gabriel God, Byrne spoilers yeah uh, Gabriel Byrne is her uh, husband I had to look up their age difference which is 22 years uh, I was just wow. curious about that it's fine they're an artsy family so then that, that tracks yeah um, and they have a 12 year old daughter and a, like a 17 year old son and uh it opens with a bad thing happening to the family, like a normal bad thing. Yeah. The grandmother has recently passed away. And then it's just a, a steep downward descent. Yeah, uh, the plot summary is horrifying. Yeah, it's Every, a super, supernatural based horror film yeah. playing on the anxieties of having a family and what the worst things are that can happen to that family. Wow. And then they just sit in it. It's like Paranormal Activity 3 meets the conjuring yeah meets what else and meets something else i mean the tv show supernatural it, it, no it meets the tv show one day at a time actually yeah. oh, that's well, I, no I, I told someone that it was <laughs> there's a there's a delightful mechanic no um the, the recently <laughs> canceled one day at a right, time right. which we were all sad about apparently it was really good i never yeah. saw the reboot um heard, heard uh, my, my wife was watching it and yeah. i i caught some of it and it was it was lovely um, the the bit that I saw, yeah. and I'm I'm upset that it was canceled. It looks like CBS might come in and save that. Are you like upset? Upset like like or or it was it just like oh? It's, it's more like oh. Oh okay, but like you know yeah. it was because it was a good show and all. Yeah, the rest it was a good it. show, and it, it it had some representation that we don't necessarily see across television, uh, and uh, dealt with some some deep themes with a. a kind of a light attitude so i i, I enjoyed it nice. and, and was it funny yeah okay i mean like I've, heard, was, I've heard real like i said i've heard really good things about it i just it never was, ha- haven't had the time to check it, it out. was good sitcom funny right yeah, yeah it's not like oh my god this is edgy and the most hilarious thing it's it's a sitcom but it's but, it's a multi-cam sitcom right yeah yeah it's uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah probably not gonna do it probably never gonna do it and i uh, actually would probably um if i saw it on in my house destroy my television <laughs> Um, you know, in keeping with my, in keeping with my, with my MO that I've established on the, uh, <laughs> as on, a television on, on salesman, show. I'm just going to go to your house <laughs> and turn that on, uh, on your house, at your house so that going to turn that frown upside down yeah. with a new TV. Um, our, we had our first flight. Oh, how'd How that you, go? Uh, that, the flight out went well, the flight back less so, <laughs> you know, coming back to New York. I, you could, from, never good from the from the suburbs like coming back to New York from you know a really relaxing time elsewhere is always a bit of a shock to the system yeah. anyway yeah because New Yorkers 
tend to be a little tend they tend to be grumpy flyers. I feel like yeah, and it's just you know some of the people on the flight were just really unpleasant. Uh, the flight crew was combative. Ugh. The captain was was while not combative was. You know, I think he was feeding off, maybe feeding off some of the energy of the flight crew. The flight crew was just a very angry sounding <laughs> flight crew. I won't mention what flight I was on or where Did I was coming from. Did they just yell, hey, I'm walking here. No, I mean, I mean, they, they, they you know, the, the reminders were constant, were the reminders about where to put your, where to put your clothing were so constant as to be patronizing. Mm. It's like when they get really mad at you on the subway and they just keep... Oh, they just the, keep pushing the notice button, the stand clear of the closing doors. Lessons. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Like it's it was kind of like that. Yeah. So, but on the flight down, on the flight down, Teddy slept most of the way. Yeah, and then when he was awake, was very peaceful. On the way back, um, he slept part of the way and then just started crying. Yeah, and didn't stop. Yeah, it didn't stop for. You know, when it was only a two-hour flight, it didn't stop for about an hour. Oof. It was it was it was rough, I think, for for the people around us. Um, although some of the people around us were really understanding. That's the, good. Ge- the gentleman sitting next to me was a saint. Yeah. Um, he didn't say a word. I could tell, though, at one point, even he was getting really frustrated. Yeah. He seemed like a really patient guy, and mm-hmm. he was getting, you know, and he was getting really frustrated with it. And then Teddy finally, finally quieted down. Finally. As almost as we were touching down. Yeah. It's a, that's kind of, you know, how yeah. it how And then it goes, the bumps woke him up. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, he fin- like he finally went to sleep as we were landing. One and time, that's, that's we, just the way it is. We hit the tarmac, and, you know, they do that hard, like, engine reverse or whatever, where you just get pushed forward in your seat as right. you slow down. And Dell loved it and then immediately fell asleep <laughs> right then. And I was like, thanks, buddy. He had been fine on the flight, but it right. was like, oh, okay, good timing. Now we're going to wake you up and you're going to hate it. Yeah, so, right. You, you know, yeah. and now now I get to be blamed because, you know, because you need yeah. to wake up, Dell. Thanks. We Del. got we got some great advice before <laughs> one of our first flights. I don't think I said this on the show when we talked about travel, but one of uh, Amy's friends mentioned like, oh, whatever happens on the flight, you're never going to see those people again. You're going to feel terrible for however long you're on the plane. And right. Then you will never see them again. That's a really nice... I'm, I'm, actually, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and it would have led to more choice words for the gentleman <laughs> oh. who was a royal jerk to that me. That can in the, in cut the, both ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I wish I had that had gone through my head <laughs> as I, you know, because I should have read the guy the riot act because he was extremely rude. I was trying to get from like from the aisle where he obviously saw my family sit. I had to I had to come come back, you know, towards the back of the plane to put my coat up. I said, Hey, do you mind if I he goes, Well, actually I have to move there now. So now it's my turn. I was like, okay. <laughs> this is what you're gonna do. Yeah. This is how you're gonna start your day. Yeah. This is this is what you get up in the morning <laughs> and you do. I see how your life is now. And I pity you. No. Um no, yeah, he was a real jerk and I should have said something. A little bit more forcefully than sarcastically, thank you for being kind. Um, <laughs> maybe it was enough, you know, but I don't think it was. I I want him to suffer. Um, at any rate, so that's what's. I mean, that's that's for me. Uh, as far as as far as as far as uh, Teddy goes, I mean, that was certainly a lot that was new. And we were like so confident after the flight on the way down. <laughs> 
that we were like, yeah, we're going to Spain. Guys, I mean, who says the traveling with a baby is right. so easy? Right. I was like, this is simple. He's such a chill bay on the way. The thing was, we couldn't stand because of the turbulence. Mm, yeah. And standing is a big thing with him. Yeah, they need to change the scenery. That's, yeah. right. that's the problem with right. the airplane. Right. Like, because like, we mentioned that with the train travel, you can get up, you can move around. It's, there's a little, there are options available to you. But with the plane, it's just the FAA, like hates babies it's in the stewardess the stu- you know the the flight attendants weren't having it yeah they were like well you're actually supposed to sit down i said well actually he needs to be changed yeah so they go okay you can walk to all the way to the back we were at the front did you change him on the airplane i did Ooh, how'd that go i've never done it i've it's been so lucky bumpy <laughs> um it was pretty bumpy on the on the way back on the way there it wasn't bad you know what i'll say though bring a cushion or something cushioned if baby doesn't like really, really hard surfaces because the changing tables that they had on JetBlue were really hard. Like they're this like hard wooden surface and they're pretty, they they feel pretty unforgiving to me. I can only imagine how they feel to Teddy. So um, once I just brought like a sheet and he was very uncomfortable, like a, like a a sheet to catch any wet or mess that he might make. And then the, and then the second time, when the the plane was dipping and diving because we were going through turbulence and I was all, and I was all the way at the back of the plane because the flight attendant had cruelly made me walk back there. Um, he, he was actually rather happy with it because I had brought like this cushion kind of surface changing surface. So that, that's what I would say. If you're going to change your baby on a plane, you first of all, do it when you have to do it. Yeah. But secondly, um, you know, either scout it out and see if you need to bring something cushioned or just bring something cushioned. That's, yeah. That seems to be the easiest one for me. So, like, I guess I have mixed reviews about flying with babies because he was, I mean, it was half and half. It was night you, and day. You've got a five-star and a one-star review. I have, like, a five-star and a two-and-a-half-star. I mean, the flight, the people, that the people were jerks coming back to New York is kind of expected because generally... Like I said, New York. Because they're walking here. I mean, look, they're grumpy. They're, I mean, they're just, a lot of a lot of times people are coming from vacation or yeah. they're traveling for work and they're just a little no grumpy. No one's happy to come back here. It's the <laughs> middle of the day. Oh yeah. You know, and that was the side. That was actually the. I think we think our first mistake was flying with him in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. because in the morning he's a little sleepier and a little happier. Mm-hmm. And we in the first flight was like a nine-ish flight, and so you know that. That one, and that was really peaceful. And I think we, I don't think we'd fly him again in the middle of the day yeah. or even at night, which, and that's what makes us, it gives us pause before flying a red eye. Yeah. Is because if he doesn't sleep, he's not going to sleep. Yeah. This is all really, really interesting information for me because we're about to do uh, Finn's first flight. No. Yeah. Um, over uh, next weekend, actually. Um, and it will be a flight to Seattle. No. Which is six and a half hours. Can you just take a train or and teleport a, him or something? And so, a time change. So it's, it's, it's six and a half hours to Seattle by plane. By train, I think it's um, seven years. I yeah, think. but you can uh, get up and walk during the seven years. <laughs> it's like a prison sentence. But it's comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, and the funny thing is, like, we kind of have the same schedule where our, our first flight is, I think it's like eight thirty or something in the morning, and then our flight back is, I think, one in the afternoon. But yeah, all, all of that on top of the time change is going to be really interesting. You got to get up. He yeah. may never sleep again. Just yeah, no, he might. He, he might be yeah. awake from. He night. might be done with sleeping. He might literally start speaking in tongues <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> Guilty Finns have got no reason. Um, 
Never gonna sleep again. So yes. anybody else have anything new and dadding that they'd like to share before we move on? Uh, I got so we're we do dance parties before bedtime, and it's a it's a playlist of YouTube. It's vi- music videos on YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. and and he's obsessed with Jefferson Starship. No, Starship. It's just Starship. Airplane at that point. Star Starship. Yeah, I had to remember the evolution or devolution of that band. Uh, Starship. <laughs> we built this city. I actually think the last iteration is the best. You no, might no, I'm kidding. Go to hell for that. <laughs> Uh, I'm not like a, I go to rock and roll hell for that. I'm not like a hardcore Jefferson Airplane fan. Right. I have two songs I know and they're fine. But we build a city. It's fine. It's a fine song. I'm glad he likes it. But he likes it, you know, four or five times a day. And so that is at any given point that you see me, that's what is in my head is all of the lyrics because I know them all now and they they make no sense. It is, I gotta say that rock and roll is not a very solid foundation to build a city on. No, like, it you isn't. Need, you need some concrete. It's, yeah. it's, you need some all, rebar it's, in that. We it, built it's not this actually city tangible. on concrete and rebar. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as sexy. What are the lyrics? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Do we want to do this? Uh, Give me the choicest lyric from We Built the City because I don't know any of them. Marconi plays the mamba. Listen to the radio. We built the city. We built the city on what, rock and roll. What does that mean? I, I mean, I, ass- Mar- I ass- Marconi invented the radio. Did he? Fun fact. Fun fact. He didn't, but he took credit. Well, that. as always, yeah. right? So. Because Tesla actually invented radio, and then Marconi just stole. Right. Wait. So it's, Jefferson Starship is lying to me via "We built this city." <laughs> yes. To be fair, it's a common misconception. But well, common misconception makes it no less a lie, yeah. Mike. <laughs> I think that lie uh, requires a, a, an intention. There's an intentionality. It's an it. untruth, and I'm not having yeah. it. it. And I'm not here an for untruth. it. Yes, I'm not here. I'm not here for Jefferson Starship's Marconi-esque Marconi-ish propaganda. I'm not yeah. here for it. I'll also point out that Marconi plays the mamba, not the mambo, the well-known type of music or dance or whatever that everyone knows. Mm. That's a musical reference. Mamba he, is a snake. Yeah. So he's so, playing a. Snake. So he plays a plays a snake. I don't know what that means. Maybe I don't know what that means maybe either. he's talking about the candy, the mambas. Okay. I mean, the, that's a they're thing. Delish. That's, that's oh, they're as, delicious. That's as relevant as a snake. Yeah. I have, I have to, never had those candies. Where planet. do you even get those candies? I don't. I grew up with them, so maybe Seattle. Right. <laughs> no, maybe they're just that kind of drugstore candy. Yeah. You know the stuff that's been there forever. The yeah, the go wafers. They're, 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 right, right, right. Mom, they were, they were kind of like, uh, like starbursts, and so they're, they're really, really good. All right. But. Yeah. I think I think this is a Berenstain Bears multiverse <laughs> issue that we're having here. I think you uh, you uh, you phased in somehow from some Another other possibly right, right right or unless you well it, the only way for it really to be a Berenstain Bears situation is if you knew them as Mambos or or right or right. yeah yeah Mambaliciouses yeah, or whatever exactly. it is yeah something else the Mandela Right, yeah. the Mandela effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not. But I still, I still, I'm, I'm still tossing up a question mark to whether or not mambas even exist. All right, guys, tweet at us. Tell us, tell us, mambas <laughs> exist. If you, if you know, if you for, for a fact can either know they exist or can, or can send us a picture, please do so because I'd Brad, love to see Kevin, these Matthew, anybody, uh, <laughs> any one of our, any what, bo- both of our. This goes to both of our faithful listeners. Um, Nathan, if you're listening, <laughs> which means yeah. one of our wives does not listen to this, <laughs> right? Uh, but if anyone, but if anyone comes across uh, comes across these things, it can tweet at us a picture. We'd love it at Dad's on Dad's Pod. All right, guys, let's drop in the questions. First question. This is education now. First question is from anonymous source. College. What do you think your philosophy is going to be? Mm. Both on when to go. 
I think this I think this would cover when to go, where to go, how far to go, that sort of thing. I'm so this is 16 years away for us and I'm really curious what even like college will mean in 16 years because it's clearly changing right now. I think between the usefulness of the education and the cost of the degrees, people are seem to be de-emphasizing it some. I, I don't know. Right. Like you hear a there's a general grumbling about like, you know, try vocational school, like just get a job like that. Like not everyone has to get an English degree, you know, whatever. So the, the question that I have there is like, um, yes, like that will give you the more or less equivalent life experience necessary. But um, what will like, are, are people hiring on those? Or are they saying it's like, oh, well, you haven't been to college. Like it, it bef- it's been a baseline requirement for a lot of jobs for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And is that changing? Because if that doesn't change, then it doesn't really matter if people are like, go to vocational school. It's like, okay, then I won't get hired. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people care if a welder went to college. I think they need to know how to weld. You no, know, but, like no, the, but the, no. welders are always the ones that get tossed around in that conversation. For no, some reason. It's no but welders. welders, welders, plumbers, and electricians don't either want an entire generation of kids flooding into their profession. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I that's mean, that's true. the, that's the flip side of that coin. When I hear go to vocational school, I hear, um, I hear in my area, they are not hiring me. So they must be hiring nobody. And so I feel dumb for having taken on student debt. That's actually what I hear. Mm-hmm. I hear it. I hear it kind of deeper, more context laden story. Whenever somebody parrots that, go to vocational school tripe mm-hmm. anywhere I, I you know and you get the and you get the one guy who's you know who's an electrician or a plumber and who's doing very well but I mean do do you want thousands and thousands of kids flooding your profession I don't think you do because there's not that much work to go around and and furthermore I think for my thinking on vocational school is a lot of these jobs are going to get automated out yeah. I mean, I could see I could see electrical. I don't think plumber will. I could see electrical work getting automated out. I could see no. things like welding getting on in thirty years and forty years. Welder, yes, uh, not not electrical work because electrical work you have to like go to someone's house, get in the walls, and yeah. do stuff. Like there, there's some uh, there's some electronics work that that could get automated out. Right. Like any. Like you're not going to be working in a factory as an electrician, but there that that I don't think that's largely been the case in a long time. I could see carpentry getting automated out, automotive mm-hmm. getting automated out. I could see a lot of I could see a lot of the the, the you know what are now really great technical vocational jobs mm-hmm. getting completely automated out of existence. And it's not that I'm against going into a vocational school if that's what somebody wants to do. But if you don't want to do it, you're going to be just as unhappy in a vocational school as you are in, say, I don't know, a law school or a medical yeah. school if you yeah. didn't want to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, – but I agree with I, – I mean, I think I – dig, I dig what Colin's saying, though, because I think that, pe- that people are looking at college differently. Mm-hmm. Like, I look at where I went to college. I went to Fairfield University. I don't think I would ever send my kid there, not because it wasn't a good school – because it's a fine school. It's a very, it's a very well-respected institution. It's just mm-hmm. what value do you really get out of it that I can't, where I can't get the same value out of someplace that's quite frankly less expensive. It was a private or public? it was a, it was a private school. Okay. Yeah. And well, so, and so, and that's, and that's really the question I have is, and that's kind of my philosophy is just, I don't care what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could want to be, he could want to be a plumber or an earthworm farmer or whatever he wants to do. Sure. It's just that let's try to seek some value in what education you get because yeah. there, you have to get something out of what you pay for and it can't just be a piece of paper. 
even if even if as you say mike a lot of jobs and i agree with you a lot of jobs are still going to require a bachelor's degree in 40 years probably um i i think that there's an interesting point there to be made which is like the idea of private universities that cost ridiculous amounts of money are like that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me outside of basically the name recognition right so like if you go to harvard yale dartmouth the, the harvard yale Dar- harvard yale dartmouth let's see if i can name all the ivies harvard yale dartmouth brown. princeton brown what can <laughs> what can what can brown do for you um <laughs> columbia what else is that it I, Did I, I miss any? I'm from the South, so we didn't keep Emory. These things. It's the Harvard of the South. <laughs> Vanderbilt, I think, is the Harvard of the South. Really? What's Emory? I thought Emory was the Harvard of the South. I don't know. It's Emory's fine. like the Emory's fine the, school. Emory's like the NYU of the South. <laughs> Emory, <laughs> the Brown of the South. No. <laughs> Emory grads are just ripping up their diplomas now. No, it's it, but it's I I, I that I so. agree with. Like if my kid got into Yale, yeah. That's a different discussion than hey, I got into BC. Yeah. It's just it's just different. Yeah. Be, yeah. I mean, they cost the same. I mean, Yale is what seventy five thousand dollars a year. Jesus, it is. is it? It's really high. Well, yeah, but I and again, it was I don't. Forty when I someone <laughs> might I, that's still that's still ridiculous. No, I, I know. Like someone listening yeah. probably knows more about this, but I think yeah. because they have such a ridiculous endowment, it's pretty easy to go there low cost if you qualify. I think. Yeah, but you have to qualify. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and that, I mean, that was something that we like. I, my family's always been staunchly middle class, which is kind of a problem. I mean, it's not a problem because we live sucks well. so but much for, for middle class when you're going to college because you make too much to qualify exactly. for assistance, but right. you, your parents don't make enough to, to just Easily send you. Easily just send me wherever. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I, pay, I was in the same boat. Through, they pay through the nose everywhere you go. Yeah. That was, that was I mean, my family is middle class as well, and they they – you just end up paying through the nose wherever you go because nobody's giving you any money yeah. and unless not, you get a grant. I'm not complaining about the assistance that people get. I'm not Absolutely. one of those guys. No, 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 not at all. Every I feel like there are different problems for every class, except for the upper class. Those guys are fine. Yeah, no, I don't they're, care they're good. They have no problem. They good. <laughs> they good. I'll give, I would totally. No money, few problems. I would, <laughs> I would you know, managing your money is difficult yeah. and, and it can be difficult and can lead to a lot of tough decisions. And that's that why you hire someone to do it. And right. then. But then you got to manage that person who manages the manager. Did, then you got to get a manager for the manager and then you got to manage that guy. I mean, look, I, you know, there are problems, I'm sure, in every socioeconomic strata. There that, are. that said, I would gladly give the, the, the hyper-wealthy problems a spin for a month or so. I'll, Just I'll, I'll report problems. back. I'll take those problems. <laughs> I'll report back. You know, I'll let you know what it was like. Yeah. Oh, you had raisins in your scones? Uh, can you believe that? <laughs> how, um, da- how dare these plebeians put raisins in my scones? I mean... But yeah, so so it's name recognition, but also uh, connections, because yeah. you're going to then be uh, be in the same school as those people who have the raisins and the scones problems, and um, and those people are going places and they can bring you with them. Right. So that's, that's the hope. Yeah. The hope is that you can go to these really really fine institutions yeah. and and get either training that you can't get elsewhere. Or access that you can't get elsewhere. Yeah. So at Yale, you can get it. At Yale and Harvard, there's a type of access that you have to a strata in the United States that's that's just that's pretty peerless. Yeah. And say at a fine engineering institution, I don't know. Let's, MIT. MIT. 
You can get Harvey Mudd College. Harvey Harvey Mudd's another one. Uh, Stanford Stanford's probably another one. In, for engineering, I think structural engineering. Lehigh University in Pennsylvania is one that has a, just a really great engineering program. There's there's places you can go to. Harvey get, Mudd's is better. There's places you can go to get <laughs> to get to get a training that you can't get elsewhere. Yeah. But outside of that. I don't see why my kid doesn't go to a state school. Yeah, right. that's well, my thinking, generally. Right. I, I did state school for undergrad, and because I was a, quote, good student, uh, I got paid to go there a little bit. It didn't cost anything. Yeah. Uh, and the last two years I lived off campus, they sent me a check. It was kind of amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you're like an you're like an NCAA athlete. <laughs> my degree didn't, I mean, necessarily generate a lot for me because I'm also very lazy. Uh, <laughs> that's a problem. I'll I'll take that. That's on my shoulders. What What is your degree in? Uh, it was theater. Nice. Yeah, and I I mean I I was a good student in college too, but it's you know it's more than just going to classes, doing well in classes. You have to you know you got to do a lot of work on your own once you graduate, and that's maybe not what I was so good at, and still. Uh, and then, as Paul knows, I did private for grad school, and that's buried me. I um, mean, the lo- the loans are bad. I don't think I'd take. I I don't think I'd trade the experience. The experience I, was good. Yeah, it's, I really liked the experience, yeah. but I I mean, <laughs> I wish I didn't have to take out the money to go. Yeah, but I'm glad. I'm uh, all the same. I'm I am glad I went because I I wouldn't have had it otherwise. But I feel like it is a like where we went is. Uh, a good example of a place that's very expensive, but it's it's not Yale, it's not Harvard, and so you it, it's a question of how much sense it makes to to spend the money on a place like that. Yeah, economically, you know. it probably it probably didn't at the time that yeah. we went. Yeah, because I'm not sure I'm because I'm not sure that the you know that the placement was that the placement might have been necessarily there. Um, but it's it's really on. I mean, in the, the in the theater arts, it's on you though. Yeah. You know, it's on you and on your work and on pounding. The, I mean, everyone I know who's gotten big out of our class or the adjacent classes has just pounded the pavement and killed it with work. Yeah. I mean, they've been they've been tireless. Yeah. You know, so there is there's also that. I mean, it's it, the school can't do everything for you. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but you do but you do hope it gives you some connections. Like, and but speaking of value, there's a lot of like state schools in New York in New York State that are really good and they're even kind of tiered so like really Mm -hmm. good students go to some of them and you know maybe students that are studying specific things like theater go to others and there's you know they kind of it's kind of broad that way so that's i mean that we live in new york has kind of has kind of brought state schools back into the into the fold for me instead of Mm -hmm. private schools that are really expensive and that quite frankly aren't really worth the money and are just extended high schools which is kind of the way i see a lot of these a lot of the um, a lot of the liberal arts colleges, the fine liberal arts colleges like Upstate and, yeah. and things like that. There, it's. I mean, I don't. What it, what is it? Finishing school? You're hoping to get. You know, what are you? What are you hoping to get out of it? Because it, it doesn't seem to offer all that much over maybe maybe something far less expensive. But yeah, yeah. D- definitely um, the theater arts is one where the connections is super super important and where like going to like yale for theater would be much better than going almost anywhere else because yeah, yeah. they're you know i mean but is it also is it also talent level the curated talent it level that they have there it yeah, i'm always curious about that like do mm-hmm. they just take the best actors you know like right like oh we don't have to do as much work the on best guys legacy like actors <laughs> right well, yeah no but i don't see i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's all it's complete it can't it's not all but it's possibly. most <laughs> do, you, do you think most of yale drama is legacy i don't think so not not from my understanding of who i've seen who's graduated from there right uh, like lupita nyong'o for example she's a yale grad and mm. i i mean i think she 
obviously is a very talented actor. Mm-hmm. Who's to say how much of that came from Yale? I couldn't tell you. Right. But yeah, I'm always curious about these top programs. Like, how do they pick the people? Because they're taking like what eight to twelve people yeah. a year. It's very limited. They're taking how like one. You... They're taking one to three writers a year. Yeah, I, I don't know how they determine who they can shape. If it's such a good school, they could do it to anyone. Right? I mean, it's I, I, I don't know. I, 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 none, none of these schools can. That's the thing. They 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 have to be doing a lot of um, weeding based on the talent that they see. And then they then they take credit for all of right. the, the great work that they do. I got so. into Catholic University as the sole playwright for the year that I went to the new school. And Catholic, and like I said, Catholic only took one. And to my mind, what was communicated to me is that it was a fit issue. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was like we think you fit here. Yeah, you know, given your background, given who you are, given given your given, you know, given your work, we think you fit. And I think, and I would be surprised. If the the top programs weren't built in a similar way, if yeah. Tish, if Tish and Yale Drama weren't like, if they said, well, you know, we have X Y Z actors, maybe they build the actors first and they hire the writers and yeah. they kind of bring in the writers and directors around them, or maybe it's vice versa. I don't know how they do it, yeah. but I'm I think I think these programs are built, and I don't and I don't think they're you know. It's it's not that it's not a meritocracy, but it's it's a bit like I think it's a bit like the industry in that. You kind of need to fit. You kind of need to fit the role that they have. There's sun, but there's sunlight streaming through a window. It's it's been shining directly in my. So it's amazing. Yeah, and it's and it's it's. Paul and Colin got here before me, so they no, chose the it, one not in the sun. No, I I was the only person I didn't who. Think about it. And like I, I wish that they had put this microphone on the other side of the table because the other side of the table doesn't have the window, like the sun directly streaming on it. It's it's great. It's like the it's uh you know like in Game of Thrones. You know the mountain of the viper. The viper turns so that the sun <laughs> is in the mountain's eye. That's what I feel like I've done to Mike, and it feels good. It feels good. He's he's less. He has fewer defenses up now than he did earlier, and yep. it's you know. And I will still <laughs> just smash your head. <laughs> oh God! You know we love each other here at Dads on Dads on Dads. Um, the. <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh yeah, the the programs. Yeah, I think they're built, and I think and I think people are auditioning for a role in the program when they when they kind of come in there. Yeah, they're that's, building an ensemble. Right. Yeah. That's kind of my sense. Yeah. But I, I, I obviously I don't know because I've never been it been within their hallowed walls, um, so I wouldn't know. Uh, but I that's what I based on my experience in the admissions process. That's what it looks like uh, to me. But so we got we have a second question and it's very closely related to the first and we've already kind of Colin and I have already kind of uh, hinted at it a bit. It's just from an anonymous questioner and it's just two words with a question mark: student debt. And the answer is no. No, if you, if, <laughs> if possible, would you let your kid take out student debt? Let I mean yeah. So no, I mean never. Absolutely. So my, my dad, um, when when I was going to college, he was like. You should not take on college debt as much as possible because, you know, it's it's really expensive and you got to really think about it. And I was like, I want to go to the place. And so I did. And I've got a ridiculous amount of student debt now. Um, and so I will give m- as much advice to my son that I can about, like, you know, you should try not to. But I might be a little more forceful in that advice and, like, really, really kind of lay out how it was for me, which is something that my dad did not have, like, because, you know, the the whole generation before us could actually afford college, 
uh, because prices were more reasonable and like wages actually could cover student debt. Um, but like, since he didn't have that experience, he didn't really have anything to point to. He was just like this hypothetical, it's going to be really expensive and you're going to have a hard time paying it off. It, it hundred percent came true, but I didn't listen. So, um, I, re- I refuse to let my 18 year old son make a decision that's going to affect him until he's probably about 45 yeah. with a brain <laughs> That is not even technically fully formed yet. Yeah, that's that's not happening. Not on not in this life. Not in the next life. Not in my third <laughs> life because I know I have three coming. Um, no, it's not. It's just not happening. So let me quote Thornton Wilder's most normal play. Hit it. Um, people are entitled to their own mistakes. No, they're not. They are. They <laughs> are. Not on my watch. They you make the mistakes that I tell you to make, or you don't make any mistakes because you live in the attic. Pe- and are eating have. fish heads. <laughs> and are eating fish heads. And and now the fish heads are gone because you You threw didn't one. ration Be- your, your because fish you, heads. Because you threw one at your mother. <laughs> She's bringing you the fish heads, and you th- <laughs> Mike is trying he's, anything he can do to found, move out of the sun, and it is shade. wonderful. He, he has found shade. All right. This, this is <laughs> the future. The future's so bright for dads on dads on dads. We literally have to wear shades. <laughs> it's a, it's a blinding light. Anyway, yeah. So student debt. I mean, it's, it's not it's, happening. It sucks. It's it's hard to deal with. It's you know a lot of money that I have to pay every month. You would sit there idly by, not and, idly, and 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 just let your son literally sign his life away to to these people who are at best rapacious. At worst, utterly dishonest and utterly unforgiving when it comes to uh, to remedies for paying paying debt back, and 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 utterly callously uncaring about the damage that they've done not only to the United States economy but an entire generation of students. You would literally let your son sight unseen tangle with these people. I would not. I really. I, I, I really I would don't. Not, I can't. Paul, I don't understand the question, considering uh, free college for all is happening, right? That's... I mean, I, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Well, that's the thing. I have to, I have to have faith that something about this system is going to be different in sixteen right. years. Like, dear God, it has to. Because if it's not, something's like, got to get. It, it'll be more well, expensive. I mean, right, if it, right. I mean, that's. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are floating out the. You know, floating out the uh, the vocational school is is yeah. is we we know we can't do it. So you know, let's mm, yeah. uh, let's uh, let's abdicate it. Right. And, and you know, if Kick if I can, yeah. if if I were conspiratorially minded and thought that you know there was a cabal of people running the world, that's exactly what I want. What yeah. I would want if I was a cabal, I would want people to to willingly give up to voluntarily give up the opportunity as an education because I've made it so burdensome for them to obtain. You know what? What we should do. We should make it so that only the wealthy go to college. That'd be amazing. Mm. I would love that, and I'm here for it. I would love to teach only wealthy children. That'd be the <laughs> worst class ever. Oh, God. Why do I have to listen to you? You're a poor. <laughs> <laughs> With only wealthy teachers so that they can <laughs> throw it back. Just enforce the bubble. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't outright say no to all student debt. Like the situation I could see it making sense is like if he, if he, if he's interested in something, 
that, you know, there's a pretty good guarantee of income down the road. It's good employment, whatever. And the debt that you would have to take on to get the degree that you would need for that is like a few thousand dollars or something. Okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever. But like a full on, you know, hundred thousand dollar load for a really ambiguous market is not a good idea. So, would... so you're going to say no to 120 grand for the anthropology degree. But if he wants to go into something like IT, computer science, or engineering, or yeah. something more something more practical, maybe you can see taking on a certain amount of debt. That's a context laden decision, it and, is, I, and yeah. I and I respect it. Yeah, because I, I mean, don't know what's going to happen. I don't know, and I want to make sure he is. Inter- I don't want him to be a doctor because he's you know oh, I'm supposed to be a doctor, and I don't have any interest in medicine. Yeah, if you don't, but if people you don't, become doctors, right, like, right? I don't want that to happen either. So. I mean, if you don't like if you don't like doing something, if you don't think you're going to like it, you're probably not going to like it. Um, I know lawyers who hate being lawyers. And I know doctors who hate being doctors. Paul, yeah. you know yourself. I mean, <laughs> you know, but the I mean, but the point the point is is like I know I know a lot of professionals who aren't yep. me, um, but I know a lot of professionals who really don't like what they've done and the path they've chosen. But they kind of felt boxed in and hemmed in. Well, yeah, you get to a point of no return, right? You right. Have, it's like good good time after bad money. I don't know what the it's. You've put money into it. And you need to commit to it. So. I think I, I'm also, you mentioned programming and like computer science. I, I think that it'll be interesting what computer science's future is going to be because I think that um, comp- like programming in general is going to eventually become more of an enablement tool. And so like people... I don't understand what you mean by that. So basically like you'll you'll need to know programming to do a lot of jobs. So you'll need to have a basic level of... Um, programming knowledge to do a lot of things. So it starts in elementary school. Yeah, yeah. And and it, it has. Yeah, I was going to say that's the thing. Yeah, and more, so, more than our, like, we all learn yeah. basic in, like, fifth grade, right? My yeah. typing class was amazing. I was okay. good. They, yeah. all, they said, you're fast. You're, how do you do that with only six fingers? And I said, you know, it's just... You know that's not I, programming, though, right? I play the piano. That's that's the closest we had. <laughs> was a typing class. Okay, okay. That's the uh, literally we we never had programming. We Bam. I don't know if we did, but but yeah, it's it, I feel like it's going to be more of a yeah. integrated into the public yeah. education. So typically. yeah, it, it kind of yeah. falls back to the vocational school thing because there are like you know code uh, code camps and stuff like that where you yeah. can go and learn to code, and I think that that like truckers. Yeah, kind of. And that's that's a thing that not at all like that. But right. <laughs> but like I think that that will be um more prevalent in, in the future because like, you know, if you if you just want to code and do stuff, you can, but if you want to do something that actually furthers the field of computer science and like does the next thing, then then you'll then that's you'll actually education. go for yeah. yeah, computer science yeah. and you'll you'll then probably get a, a higher education degree, which I did not. I'm the only one. I'm the least educated one in this room. Yeah. I know a couple PhDs that had to that had to get fairly deep into into programming yeah. and, and and unrelated disciplines, yep. but to do the work of mm. the discipline. Absolutely. So that's interesting. Yeah, like you know, I, I think because the studies yeah. get so large and they can't be I mean you can't yeah. do them by hand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Programming programming is going to be a technology to enable other things right you know because it's like you'll you'll have to learn uh programming so that you can you know collate whatever like write a program to do a thing that helps you with your job it's just yeah. going to be part of it it's going to be about the domain knowledge you we're we're teaching you the domain knowledge and then like here's some programming that you know you can write a program that does the thing 
the way it works is actually the opposite right now where you learn programming and then like you go into a job and there are other people who have the domain knowledge and they say okay this is what the thing needs to do these are the parameters and this, this is how you do it um but none of the programmers ever understand the domain knowledge as well as the experts so like i think the future is going to be the the people the experts in the domain are going to be programmers because everybody's going to have some level of programming knowledge especially mm -hmm. if they've gone through university and that way like they'll yeah it'll it'll continue but if you just want to be like a programmer or a freelance person who comes in and does stuff i think you could probably go to a vocational school a right a code the, monkey as it's known is a code okay. monkey okay. indeed yeah. or the, a code jockey there's not a song about code jockey. I mean, that phrase there's makes a song sense about code monkey. Yeah. Is there, is there Jonathan really? Colton. I was going to ask you if that was I have, I have not, like his, I've uh, never heard that. Jonathan Colton, who also wrote the song, All We Want to Do is Eat Your Brains. Nice. We're not unreasonable. No one's going to eat your eyes. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, if that's all he wants to do, I, I suspect that he would be able to accomplish that at some point. Um, it was about never. zombies. Um, I don't know if that was clear. All right, so we're on. So, so we know what we're going to do about student debt, which is we're probably not sure, but it's probably going to be a context-based decision. <laughs> Avoid it as much as possible. As much as possible. Student debt's the worst. Yeah. The, you know what's the? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go off on a, on a brief minute-long, thirty-second rant here. But okay, the, ready? The, go. The interest rates are what's the worst, and what I can't believe is that I can't believe that they're lending that they're essentially you know turning all these students into profit centers by lending to them at seven, eight, nine percent. I had a bar loan that I needed to take the bar because you know you, you're not going to work and study for the bar. You're going to fail the bar, and if you fail the bar, well, that's pretty much the end of your legal career before you even start. The interest rate was thirteen point two five percent. I mean, that's not helping students. That's turning them into profit centers. Meanwhile, banks are lending to each other at what two percent three percent four percent maybe one percent i don't even know what the overnight lending interest rates are the point is is that i mean there has to be some sort of meeting of the minds here where that at the very least the interest rates have got to come down i mean yeah. we we can't keep borrowing money at seven eight percent because nobody's ever going to pay it back and time there you go. And I feel better. <laughs> well I, now I feel better. Um, all right. So time on time now for question number three. And this is a, we're going to take a we're going to take a dip from college and we're going to go to preschool from a, from an anonymous source. Preschool. What is preschool? Why is preschool? And as NYC dads, what are our plans for it? I can um. tell you freeze for me. <laughs> Have y'all done, yeah. do, do you know anything about the situation here? Because I've not read about it because it terrifies me. Well, that's the reason. So yeah. the reason I haven't read about it is because it terrifies me. And then it terrifies me that I haven't read about right, it. And, right. and then I have it. And then I it's continue not to. Loop. Right. Yeah. It's Anxiety a spiral. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle <laughs> instead of a virtuous cycle, which is what I understand many marketing firms can help my business attain. I had so, a virtuous cycle once. It was really nice to ride. <laughs> right. Okay. So, I mean, whatever. You do you, man. For anyone but, outside of New York who's not aware, it's it's not too much of an exaggeration to say that wealthy people are choosing the preschool that their kid goes to, which costs as much as a private college for a lot of people. In the what's country. it like, twenty grand a year? Sure, because they want that kid is it, to is go it, to Harvard. Like right. you have to, the, the track starts then. That can't, that can't be right, though. That is one stratum of the situation here but it can't be right if your kid goes to it you know if your kid goes to saint 
you know, St. Saint Albert's instead of St. Xavier's, you know, it, can, it cannot be that he won't get into Harvard. They, they, they couldn't possibly. It's not going to help his chances. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, but it is, I think, more than that. And I think more than about the destination school. I think it's also about access. You know, they want their kids mingling with the right people because yeah. the parents have to mingle with the right people. Yeah, right. It, I don't want to enter that game. I want my kid to go to a, just a public school. I'm not in like, the game. I would be disqualified from yeah, the game. Yeah, they're not letting me into the game. Like, I'm no, not, they're not. Nobody's calling me <laughs> yeah. to try to get me into this game. I'm not going to join that club. It's I don't even know what happen. the game. I don't even know where the game is played. Yeah, yeah, but that so that happening puts a lot of stress into me because you know you everyone wants the best for their not everyone wants the best for the kids. Some people don't care at all, but I want the best for my kid. I think you guys do too, and so I'd say the vast majority want the best for their kids. Sure, sure. I've seen some people on the street who I don't think they think about the best for their kids. But uh, I think most people want the best for their kids. Yeah, I think some people just wish they didn't have kids. Some I people think, just well, want to watch the too. world burn. <laughs> right. In, uh, unless you say that like, uh, oh, my God, who's the actor? Michael Caine. Yeah, unless you say it like Michael <laughs> Some Caine. people just want to watch the world burn. There you go. All right. Not bad. I liked it. I liked it. I'm, I'm not completely 100% there for it, but, you know, I, I, I thought you did a workmanlike job with it. You know who has not the best Michael Caine impression? Michael, Michael Caine. Caine. Right. I've heard right. him do it. <laughs> He, does he do an impression of yeah. himself? Yeah, look up the story of him talking about Peter Sellers doing a Michael Caine impression. It's <laughs> that's where the Michael Caine impression came from. Was Peter Sellers telling a story about Michael Caine? It's pretty great. Uh, anyway, uh, do you think Michael Caine went to a fancy dancy preschool? Oh no, no, oh, he's like hardcore working class. Right? Yeah, yeah. His name is Maurice Micklewhite. Uh huh. Which, if you're into the Muppets Christmas Carol, which you should be, mm-hmm. one you of know the, how I know that. Giveling trivia. Oh, yeah. Nice. I was gonna say Wikipedia, but no, yeah. it's it's giveling trivia. Uh, one of the stores via Wikipedia. One of the stores in the in the town square in Christmas in the Muppets Christmas Carol is named Michael White's because Michael Caine is Scrooge in that movie. He's an excellent. Is Scrooge. that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's a great Scrooge. Yeah, and I, I think one of the stores might be Statler and Waldorf. I'm not sure about that. They play the the Marley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers. Anyway, the Marley brothers. Another side. Marley movie. and Marley. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, they have a song, they have a whole song, it's nice Yeah, We watch it every Christmas It's great And so I showed it, and so, uh, brief uh, brief tangent I sh- we, uh, Emily and I showed Muppets Christmas Carol to my, you know, my nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. my eldest sister's kids And they were unimpressed uh, Like completely unimpressed they were like, they were like, this is really dumb Ugh but yeah. it's very true to the source material. It, it really is. It, it's yeah. it's the. I think it might. Be, I've re, I've read the. I you know it caused me to. Somebody told me that and it caused me to read a Christmas Carol. And yeah, it's the best one. Yeah, uh, it's at least the. It it is at least the most. I think the among the most true to the source material. Although, what's his name? I think, not Linklater. Is it Linklater who did the um, who did the Polar Express? Oh, uh, Zemeckis? Zeme- I think yeah, it's yeah. Zemeckis. So Zemeckis did a version of The Christmas Carol. Oh, with uh, Jim Carrey. That's extremely yeah. close to the source material. I can't, I can't do that. That's That stuff sits too much in the uncanny valley for me to watch it for two hours. It's, it's a little disturbing. I don't know. Yeah, it's a yeah. little It's a little disturbing. But he's get, he's he's getting better because the eyes are better. Okay. Like, the, it's, not the, it's, not the de- <laughs> <laughs> it's not the dead-eyed kids from the Polar Express. You're like, oh. Get me out of here. So where did Zemeckis go to preschool? He, you know, he might have went to a non-fancy dancy preschool. Might have. Yeah. And if he had, he would have figured that dead eyes thing out before he made Polar Express. That's the problem. Right. So, but at but at some point in New York City, and when we talk about New York City, we're really talking about Manhattan. In Manhattan, 
there's a certain stratum of preschool that's not available to us that's really for people who are hyper wealthy or or hyper privileged in some way. Yeah. Is that fair to say? I think yeah. so, yeah. Like, you know, like a, a high up Goldman Sachs bankers, managing directors at, at various financial institutions, yeah. you know, like like that's that's kind of who's going there. Yeah. All right, so assuming that's out, what are we what do what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> cuz well, I, I cuz I have no idea other than send my kid to the closest preschool to my home yeah, so I could be there if something happens. That's our plan whatever. And I think I know for I'm pretty sure for grade school and preschool it's it's zoned like everywhere else in the country. Like if you live here, your kid goes to that school. But I think for junior high and definitely high school, uh, you gotta pick your school you go to, and it could be somewhere else, and that's a whole thing. You gotta test schools. into them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not even worried about that yet because no. I can't. I can't. But uh, but yeah, I need to look at the, how the preschool stuff works because I'm just he's he's gonna go to whatever preschool the city tells us to send him to. Right. And hopefully, I mean, I'm going to try to get involved. My mom was always, uh, all through grade school, she was in my school once a week, you know, working in the library, like volunteering at parties. She was a stay-at-home mom. And so right now I'm a stay-at-home dad, so I want to do that same thing. Because I think that's where the strength of the school comes from is how involved the parents are, which, again, comes around to the privilege thing because not everyone can be involved in their kid's school because both parents are working so that they can support the kid. So uh, we'll see if that's still the case by the time preschool rolls around but yeah that's my plan uh hopefully that works out i don't know i mean i think i've been kicking around because i went to parochial schools for most of my life i think Mm -hmm. of the schooling that i went to um i went to catholic high school Mm -hmm. and i think i and i went to and i think i don't think i went to catholic grade school for till till about third grade Mm -hmm. so i only spent one, two, three, four years in public school. So fourth, fourth, five years, fourth, fourth through eighth in public, in public school. So you uh, came out and then you went back. Right. Huh. Uh, and it was, and, and, you know, and it was pretty, re- it was honestly after public school, um, you know, it was pretty refreshing coming back because you get used to a certain level of, um, you get cer- you get used to a certain uh, comfort level in terms of like who's in the school because the parochial schools are smaller. Yeah, you know they're they're way they're way smaller than public schools, and the public schools are very larger, and it's very easy to to go there and feel lost. Um, and it, to come back to to come back to a parochial high school was actually kind of nice. Uh, but I'm I'm kicking that around. I think it's gonna. I think I'm we're end, gonna end up not opting for that for something like preschool, mm-hmm. uh, because it's uh, you know it's preschool. I mean, really, what are they doing in preschool? I because mean, I went to nursery school when I was a kid. Is that yeah. the same thing as preschool? Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see. Or is preschool I, I, somehow more structured? Like, I so I think that it largely just depends on the philosophy of the particular school. Because like, there's Montessori school. Yeah. There's like. There, there's a few different philosophies, um, and so some are more structured, some are unstructured, but have direction. Um, like it, it depends on the school. I think yeah. is is kind of the the answer. So much like our our first one, where it depends on the context, it depends on the context. And I feel like it's for me. I, the social aspect I think is going to be crucial for Dell because we. I don't know. He spends most of his time with me. It's just like. <laughs> Well, with some kids, you know, like no, but that's uh, God help him in the social aspect, <laughs> right. right? Right. He's, he's going to be. He's, he's I'm his up, model. He's not picking up good habits from me. So, <laughs> Dell is curiously withdrawn, and 
and given to long fits of silence and <laughs> staring into nothing. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried it. I talked to him a lot, but it's, you know, I, I can only talk so much. It's right. Tough. Um, right, I'm. I'm actually noticing. I'm actually noticing that Teddy's starting to kind of entertain himself a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's the idea. You know, I mean, like I, it's I like think it, it's important for kids to be able to do that. I'm like, you know, but the, am I doing it? Am I doing a bad job? Am I not? Do, right. do, I, do I need to do a little bit more song and dance here, kid? I mean, do yeah. you want? You know, Mostly I, dance. You're not doing enough dance. Paul. Right. Do I do I got to open with a do I got to open with a soft shoe number or, or what? I mean, he prefers tap. Right. 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 I mean, I think soft shoes brilliant, but um, you know, your I downstairs can't. neighbors do not prefer to. <laughs> I, I can't wait till he starts practicing something loud. Oh, it's yeah. gonna be amazing. <laughs> I want to start him on the drums just to just ah oh, just so I could hear him bang away. I love I love the sound of the drums anyway, especially when they're well played. And when they're not well played, I love them anyway too. Or the really screechy violin. I was gonna say violin. That's that's. Are you good gonna one. start? Are you gonna start Finn on the violin? I'm gonna get him a violin. <laughs> you're not gonna teach him anything. You're just gonna give it to him. No, and I'm gonna say it out. here. What you need to do is place your. Fi- I'm gonna just place him how to get the highest screechiest <laughs> non stradivarius esque note, most non stradivarius esque notes out of that thing. I'm, I'm gonna get Teddy a tambourine. Oh, get him a trumpet. <laughs> do do one better. Get him a, get him a trumpet oh, yeah. or a trombone. <laughs> get him a trombone so we could start so we could start using it comedically yeah <laughs> right 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 i'm actually wah, gonna get wah. him six recorders <laughs> oh no <laughs> no that would be terrible all right so for preschool i guess we're just gonna send them wherever new york city tells us to send them pretty much yeah put all my faith in the government yeah that that never <laughs> fails <laughs> i mean government government always gets it right yeah, and when, nev- when have they ever messed up? <laughs> and never does anything, and never wastes money. That's the nice thing about government, yeah. is that they're so good with our money. At any rate, so that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much to everyone who submitted questions to us. If you want your question answered and your name said aloud on the podcast, hit us up on Facebook on the Dads on Dads on Dads page and throw us a like, or hit us up on Twitter at Dads on Dads Pod and toss us a follow, or email us at Dads on Dads on Dads at gmail.com. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever you get your podcast. And a note, I had somebody on Twitter come to me and said, hey, why is your why is Dads on Dads on Dads not on XYZ Podcatcher? And I put it on XYZ Podcatcher. So if there's any podcatcher that we've missed, just hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or email, and I'll be happy to put it on there. Uh, it's just that our understanding is for a lot of these things, a lot of these smaller podcatchers just grab RSS feeds that are already floating out there. So if we missed anyone, let us know. Special thanks to Computer Music All-Stars for the theme song um, and to our wives, without whom we would not be dads. Make sure to check out, uh, make sure to check out uh, www.outrunthebearmedia.com for more updates. And for Mike and Colin, I'm Paul. Thank you so much for listening, and keep on dadding. 